0: You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Messer on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Yeah, you are listening to Bloomberg Business Week on this Wednesday. I'm Carol Masser in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. So our next guest was appointed CEO of Catapult, I think uh, just kind of a little more than a year ago, put in charge of running the sports performance analytics and technology company. And talk about timing just a few months before the world and especially Catapult sports clientele world shutting down because of the pandemic. Having said that, the stock is on quite a tear this year. Let's talk about this year and what's to come. Joining us is Will Lopes, CEO of the publicly held Catapult, based in Australia. He's former chief revenue officer of Amazon's Audible subsidiary. Long time with that company, but Will joining us uh, on this Wednesday on the phone in New York. Hey, Will, nice to have you here.
0: Hey, Carol. Thank you for having me. How
1: are you? So what has your world been like since March, <laughs> and how has it changed since March and April?
0: God, it's, it's, it feels like, you know, I, 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 <laughs> in my one-year uh, anniversary with Catapult, <laughs> Talk about uh, timing! Been here for five years. That's right. That's right. Oh my right. God! Uh, you know the sports the sports world has changed uh, quite quite drastically and, and re- very rapidly. Uh, but it, you know, luckily for us, it's it starting to bounce back uh, quite well. I think they've managed to find ways to return to play,
2: yeah. um,
0: and so I think we've been quite lucky on that front. But you know, I could tell you that uh, from March to about June, I think we're all sweating. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, where 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 things were going, but it's 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 actually turned out to be just fine
1: Yeah, I feel like in anything it's funny. We knew things were getting really serious when all of the sports world started shut down. That's when we all started looking at each other and we're like, okay, this is, it's like, it's unbelievable, but that, were, that was our metrics. Um, it just it just kind of took it to a whole other level because, you know, right? There's a lot of money. It's, it's the teams, it's the franchises, it's the statements, the stadiums, it's, you know, um, and it's the broadcast rights. I mean, it was just a lot involved. Right. But it's interesting. The sports world has really felt like in many ways, especially look at what the NBA did, really figured out how to do it.
0: Yeah, I think you know what what you know what was interesting for us from an industry perspective was mm-hmm. that you know the shutdown was globally and all at once, right? And so unlike other industries where I think that, you know it was felt regionally for different parts um for us it really happened globally. Um but I think you know what we saw from our clients was you know a lot of them reached out almost immediately and they right up right from the start wanted to have plans about how to return to play how to use our technology in terms of training, you know, their athletes at home, because mm-hmm. uh, they got concerned about, you know, uh, getting stale from a, from a, uh, from a athletic performance perspective. Right. How do they review tapes from home? How do they start to, you know, uh, view video and, and the like? Um, and what really changed, um, and I think, you know, what we're seeing in the industry uh, quite rapidly is that, you know, even with things like the NBA, where they had a bubble, um, there was a, you know a, a core set of people who were still working from home.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And so a lot of the activities that we did in stadium uh, or in training centers uh, really went to the house, which was was quite an unusual thing for us to kind of prepare ourselves for.
1: God, I don't think we ever thought about that. So tell, tell us a little bit more about that, what you were doing. So there were a lot of athletes that were using your equipment at home and you guys were trying, just tell us about that. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. So, so, so the core product we have, you know, we have a lot of solutions right. that help teams perform uh, and do their best. Uh, but, you know, we have really two core solutions. One is a wearable device that athletes wear on their torso. And we're using that to measure all kinds of data points. Um, really trying to help them, you know, stay healthy and return to play and kind of be at peak performance during their training sessions. And then we have a video solution uh, that is utilized by, you know, uh, hundreds of teams here in the U.S., um, where they use that to analyze uh, basically, you know, their past game or their next opponent's game.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And so from a wearables perspective, typically that's utilized in the training center. So, you know, athletes come in in the morning, their trainers hand them out. Uh, They look at the data that, you know, uh, that's coming in from from uh, the athletes and then they're modifying the training session based on that. Um, So we had to modify that so that all of these pods went individually to everyone's home and they could train at home, then upload their data and have the trainer basically modify their training sessions uh, from from their own house. Um, So that was a, a very different workflow for us. And then in the video front, um, you know, typically you have, you know, coaches are, are reviewing tape um, where mm-hmm. they have athletes near them and they're doing illustration live and they're talking about, you know, you know, you should have done this differently or here's something that, you know, you should think about in the next game. Um, and all of a sudden that workflow had to be, you know, a, a remote workflow, just like we're all dealing with from, you know, from a Zoom perspective, right?
2: right. Uh,
0: and so the illustrations needed to be, you know, remote. They needed to kind of adapt so that they could use, you know, video conferencing. Um, so we had to modify our software quite a bit for that, for, for dealing with this situation.
1: I'm also curious, Will, how did um also tracking the virus specifically be part of this? I'm assuming that that was added to the platform, if not.
0: It, yeah, it was. It was. It was actually, you know, European soccer was the first group of, of professional athletes that came back to play. Um, and they had quite a high bar in terms of what they are allowed to do during training sessions. Uh, and so they could come in. They had to come in with, you know, a certain number of people at, at, at given times And they had to ensure that they were keeping six foot in distance during training. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, And so what they were using our uh, hardware for was actually to monitor that, to say, you know, here's a training session that allows us to do it, keep social distancing. Um, They also wanted to make sure that they tracked it and send it back to the league office to say, look, you know, we're following the rules. Um, So they utilize our software from a contract tracing perspective, uh, you know, very widely at this point.
1: Yeah, it's really fascinating. It sounds like the pivot was fairly, just got about 30 seconds, and then we'll do some news and come back. But in 30 seconds, it sounds like the pivot was fairly easy for you guys in terms of especially, you know, doing more tracking of athletes at home and so on.
0: Yeah, well, in hindsight, everything is.
1: Very- <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's not when you're in the middle of it, right? In the thick of it doesn't feel That's so right. easy. I, I-
0: I I think what, you know, what was great was that, you know, we were able to act so quickly. But uh, in hindsight, you know, if you look at it at the time, it, it, it was actually quite a monumental task for our team.
1: Will, what's your outlook? for, I don't know, maybe what what are you hearing from your sports clientele uh, and your customers about what 2021 looks like? Because I think people are starting to get optimistic. I keep hearing about people thinking, okay, maybe we'll have this conference or maybe we'll have this event. You know, they're just kind of waiting to get a little bit better, of a better feel. What are you hearing? What are you anticipating
2: yeah, for next I think year? From
0: the sporting, the sporting world, you're, yeah. you're definitely seeing some optimism in terms of, you know, I think people feel that Probably by the springtime that you know things will be fairly back to normal. Mm-hmm. maybe stadiums won't be full yet with with uh, you know uh, fans, but it'll be starting to get close to it. So there is optimism uh, you're seeing in the industry we're, we're definitely seeing a pickup um, in terms of conversations and sales mm-hmm. um, you know kind of were put on hold while people waited for some level of certainty. So is it conversa- um, so it's conversations,
1: maybe not actual sales, but you're people are talking about it more.
0: Yeah, I think you know we had a period where it was kind of you know our existing clients stayed with us because they they knew exactly what you know they had and right. how they were using it. But new clients, I think, just kind of said, "Look, you know, we're, we're all just going to wait until yeah, we know that. when everything's <laughs> back, and, you know, back back in play." Right. And those 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 uh, potential clients are now coming back and saying, "Okay, we're ready to talk." Um, it also took a little bit of time, I think, for the industry as a whole to accept that, you know, you didn't have to be uh, in person to have a conversation about, you know, a new technology. I think everybody now is starting to get to this point of, yeah, I, I can understand that, you know, we could do this via a video conferencing. Um, yeah. So we're definitely seeing a bit of optimism and, and, and that's been very fortunate for us.
1: Well, that's good. Okay. So where do you guys go from here? And I'm curious about, we were talking about the wearable markets and I'm thinking about you know, so many, I've talked to a lot of CEOs and they just said there were certain planned strategies that we had in place, but they got accelerated because we had to move much more quickly on them because of the pandemic. There are other strategies that we're not going to pursue anymore because we can just see the world is tra- changing. Um, how has this world and this year of 2020 maybe impacted some of the strategies that you guys are doing at your company?
0: Yeah, you know, for, for the most part, I, I think one of the core strategy that we have is to actually centralize a lot of the data points uh, that, you know, these teams and athletes are having access to. Um, mm-hmm. That really hasn't changed. And, and so, you know, technology has become really prolific in, in sports. Um, you know, they measure just about everything at this stage, <laughs> whether that's nutrition or sleep or performance in the field and training sessions, and video and, and trying to connect all of those things and actually make cohesive sense of it right. is really a need that's in the industry. And that's been core of our strategy here at Catapult. Um, so luckily for us, I think that, that continues. Uh, what I would say, you know, that, that the element that really is changing for us is the expectation that that technology is accessible and available everywhere. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, sort of the connectivity component of I could do this in the training session. Um, I could look at it in my laptop, but I also may want to look at it in my phone. And now with the pandemic is, you know, i realize I could do a lot of stuff from home. I could do a lot of stuff when I'm on the road. Um, And so the ability to kind of have those, uh, you know, access uh, at any any point um, is something that I think is accelerating for us. We knew it was coming, Mm -hmm. um, but I think now it's really accelerated for us. Um, And I'd say the third thing um, that maybe this, uh, I think, you know, perhaps with with everybody being home, Um, the one thing that is changing a little bit is that, you know, the line between professional and amateur athletes starting to blur. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you're seeing a lot of the amateur athletes, you know, who are home, who now have been, you know, maybe have a pent-up desire to exercise and go out and and work out. They're all looking out and saying, you know, what are the technologies that are out there to not just get me back in shape or, you know, get me to improve my technique, but really improve, you know, my physique and and how do I do that from a professional standpoint. And and a lot of the products we have, I think, are, you know, eventually will be simplified uh, enough that, you know, anyone, whether they're a high school student, you know, a, you know, early college entry or a professional athlete uh, could use.
1: Wow. That sounds like a, a kind of a potential tremendous revenue stream. For you guys, eventually, right? That's a yeah, whole big I mean, mass it, it, market.
0: It really is. I think that you know that we we've we've been very lucky because we're the leaders in the professional side of the house. Yeah. And, and there's about fifteen thousand professional teams uh, across mm-hmm. the globe, and, and we do very well there. But you know, when you think about you know sort of semi professionals or non professional teams, just in the U.S., there's about three hundred and fifty thousand high school teams, right. and when you get below that, there's you know millions of you know amateur athletes. Uh, and they all have the same desire. It's how do I improve, how do I stay healthy, how do I avoid injury, um, and how do I, you know, get feel that I'm doing better, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm not just doing the same thing. And and the fact that we have access to these professional data, how we could use that data and turn it into a, you know, an AI type of engine that really helps, you know, high school and, and youth academies and then consumers, um, you know, sort of improve on their performance, I think is is a mass market uh, for sure.
1: To be continued. Let us know how things are going, uh, especially when we get on the other side of this. Um, well, good to check in with you, Will Lopes. He's CEO of Catapult, uh, joining us on the phone from New York City on this Wednesday. Really interesting to hear. Uh, again, a, a very similar story that we've heard. That I think initially folks were, you know, really nervous. Certainly, obviously, when the pandemic first hit. But then, you know, as things start to unwind and we figured out how to kind of get through, even the sports industry, um, you know, able to maintain at least some level of uh, demand there, so really fascinating.